Welcome to Author Express. Thanks for checking us out. This is the podcast where you give us 15 minutes of your time and we give you a chance to hear the voice behind the pages and get to know some of your favorite writers in a new light. I'm one of your hosts, Kathleen Basie. I'm an award-winning musical composer, a feature writer, essayist, and of course, storyteller. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Rachel Corsini writes women's fiction with humor, heart, and a whole lot of hot mess. She deals with the millennial experience and women figuring out their lives in their 30s. Midwest Book Review hails her debut novel, Sushi and Sea Lions, as a study in romantic comedy that opens with a bang. Rachel often blends humor with raw emotion to move her character-driven stories forward. She enjoys figuring out the messy bits of life one step at a time. She's a native New Yorker, and her stories explore the city from the Upper West Side to Queens, revealing a slice of her home in each novel she writes. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super happy to have you here. So we're going to start by asking, what is the most interesting thing about where you're from? I'm a Queens girl. I was born and raised in Queens. So like Spider-Man? Simple- yeah. I'm from where (laughs) Spider-Man is from. Absolutely. And the most interesting thing about where I'm from is that my neighborhood in Queens, it really has this small town flair dropped into the middle of a city, right? There's Hmm. all of these little like bodegas and then local bars and stuff where like you walk in and you can kind of see the same people that hang out there like every single weekend. But then also you get on the train and you're right in the middle of midtown Manhattan and it's super urban and all consuming. So it still has that fast pace to it where I grew up. And it's pretty cool. Like I went to high school in midtown. So it was like I had this bubble of Queens, this little area in the city where I grew up. And then it was all of a sudden my whole world exploded into Hmm. the city. And it was very interesting to grow up like that. And where I live now is on the South shore of Long Island. So I live by the water and it's really beautiful, but it's also a little bit wild because I have a strip of bars by my house. <laughs> <laughs> so in the summertime, it's like people eating a lot of seafood and getting drunk. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> sea lions and sushi. There you go. There we go. <laughs> so you've lived your whole life around New York City then. Yeah. So yes. if you could live anywhere other than New York City, where would you go and why? Okay, so I've also traveled a lot. So in the United States, if I moved anywhere within the United States, it would be New Orleans. Oh, yes. Great town. It would be New Orleans. I really love old things. So I think that's also why I'm still attracted to New York because it is so old too. Mm -hmm. And New Orleans, when you're there, all of the houses and all of the buildings, they're all considered historic and the gas lights still work. And there's this very quaint, romantic feeling to New Orleans. One of my favorite places there is John Lafitte's blacksmith shop with Mm. the fireplaces still going. There's no electricity in there. It's amazing. Like it's one of the coolest bars I've ever been to in my life. And Hmm. so that would be within the United States. I would move to New Orleans. I could definitely live that life. Now, overseas, if I was going to move anywhere overseas, it would be to Florence. Oh, wow. Why Florence in particular, not Rome or Venice? Because Rome is like the New York of Italy. I actually really hated Rome when I was in Rome. Because I think when you're from somewhere so metropolitan, they all kind of seem the same. The only difference to me about Rome was I could see the Colosseum in Rome, right? Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It was absolutely incredible. I had a come to Jesus moment when I was in the Colosseum. It was 
But once you step outside of those things, it was like walking down Fifth Avenue. It didn't ignite a fire in me. But when I was in Florence, Mm -hmm. it was this beautiful Italian city with, you know, at night you could hear the opera singers practicing in their apartments next to where I lived. I'm a musician, so that makes all my strings resonate. (laughs) And the piazzas lit up at night and there was... One piazza with the glittering carousel and you could just stroll around and it was a city, but it was still an Italian city. It didn't just feel like any city. And so I would, Florence. (laughs) Very cool. Very nice. Yeah. I remember in school, I haven't been to Florence, but there's a Renaissance piece that was meant to evoke the double dome of the cathedral there. And so that's a place that's always been on my radar for that reason. The Duomo, yeah. That's yeah, like the- when I would leave where I was staying in Florence, it was two blocks away from me. So I saw oh, it every cool. single day when I was there. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, that Very I would cool. move to Italy. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's focus in on your book, Sushi and Sea Lions, for a minute. Yes. Let's talk about who were you thinking of when you're writing this book? Who's going to connect with it? If we're going to go all the way over there. When I started writing it, I was writing it for myself. I was 30 one 30 years old and I'd gone through some heartbreak and it caused myself, but whatever it happens. Anyway, I was trying to process all of these things and it felt like my life was falling apart. Right. And Mm. maybe not necessarily my career also, which is what happens to Daniela, but I didn't really know how to pick up the pieces and figure it out. So I started really writing for myself. So Now, in a general sense, it was written for women who have maybe been through a similar experience where it was like the life they thought they were going to have or the life that they knew has ended and they are moving on to something that they don't know or they don't understand and everything is changing. I done a big career change in my mid-20s. I understood what that felt like too. Mm -hmm. And just this general sense of what do I do now? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens more often than we talk about. I call it not the midlife crisis. It's the mid twenties crisis Mm -hmm. that when you're heading into adulthood crisis, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Do I want to be with this person for the rest of my life? Who am I now that I'm an adult? And Mm -hmm figuring that out. And that's who it was written for. Women like going through those stages Mm. of their life. Wow. That's interesting. So you've gotten your book out there. And now I guess the question is, what do you want to tell other people who are dreaming about writing a book? What would you say? Start. Okay. That's number one. I think people get caught up on, I've never written a book before, or I don't know how to write all these kind of things. Or like, I have to go to school to be a writer. I went to school to be a writer. That's not true. I didn't finish writing a book until I was 30 years old. So there you go, right? I graduated in 2009 from college. Just get started. And then when you figure it out and when you're through the process, that's when you seek out your people, your tribe of writing people, and you want them to envelop you in their arms, help Mm -hmm. you. And I was very fortunate to find those people also. And then if you're really looking to hit publication, then you need to seek out like the proper channels to do that. So I'm with a small press, but I did query agents. Mm -hmm. I went through the entire querying process. 
And, you know, you kind of do have to have a little bit of a thick skin. Like you can't be so adverse to rejection. It can be a little soul crushing. I think that happens over time, right? At the beginning, those things, they really are soul crushing. And then later you get the stab in the heart and then you're like, okay, I can still make dinner tonight. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I grew up, I was always a creative and like an artist. So not like a drawing artist. I was a ballet dancer. So Mm. talk about a world of rejection. Oh, wow. Yeah. My gosh. Nothing is ever good enough, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a musician, so that's kind of the world there. Although I think that with ballet, it's about your body as well as what you do. And with music, it's just like you're never good enough Mm -hmm. at how it comes out of the instrument. (laughs) Yes. Right. And the body in ballet is the tool, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So if it's not working right, they're going to fix it or make Mm -hmm. you fix it. It's an art that strives for perfection in a place where perfection doesn't exist, which you understand, right? Right. So I grew up in that climate. And so I was very used to, from a young age, being told no. That was really good preparation for the query process, that's for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) I was like, oh, just another no. Move on. (laughs) Yep, moving on. Well, good for you. Yeah. So tell us, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to learn more about you, about your book? You can find me absolutely anywhere. So I am on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I am on Twitter. I have a Facebook page. I also have a website. But my handle, like if you're looking for me across my socials, is mm-hmm. at Madam Ray Ray. That is my handle. Oh, interesting. Ray yes. Ray spelled how? R-A-E-R-A-E. Okay. All right. Very good. That's what my friends call me. My close friends call me Ray. Oh, very nice. Okay. So what book or story inspires you the most? Ooh, this is such a good one. Again, I don't just have one. Okay. So no one does. (laughs) So Peter Pan has been my favorite book since I am probably, I don't know, maybe five or six years old, like four, five, six. My dad actually started reading it to me. And just the magic of that book. I mean, you read it different as an adult, but mm-hmm. being open to the world of story that way, that you could fly if you really wanted to, it mm. turned into this thing for me of fly and follow your dreams. And mm. so that was very inspirational to me. If we're going the romance route, it would be Pride and Prejudice. The <laughs> OG. I mean, Darcy is the original grump. You could argue with me what you want about that. Elizabeth isn't really sunshiny, but they do have the opposites attract is there. He's the sunshine grump. I mean, it's not dirty. We've moved on to spicy books from there, but it is the original romance novel. All of the beats are there. I mean, when she refuses him, that is the original (laughs) backpedal, right? Because, you know, against all odds, he's in love with her. So Pride and Prejudice, absolutely. And... (laughs) Vincent and Sushi and Sea Lions might have a little Darcy in him. He's much more reserved than Daniela is. Daniela is a little bit more bubbly and kind of out there. It's so interesting to see how all of us are influenced by Pride and Prejudice, and yet it comes out in such different ways. Yes. It's literally full. Always have my heart. Yep. Some of it is just so funny. Mary being in love with Mr. Collins, like people miss that. (laughs) Poor Mary. (laughs) You know, you've won over everyone who's a Pride and Prejudice fan, so go you. (laughs) Yes! Thank you so much for coming on with us today and sharing a little bit about yourself. 
And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Yay, thanks so much for having me. This was really great. And I'm really glad that we talked today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll take a second to give us some stars or a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll be back next Wednesday. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Author Express Podcast to see who's coming up next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting.